Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Trying to focus on the stories that really uh, have a potential impact on our liberties, our protections, our rights, and true justice. I've said this before. I always said it about Ron Paul. If you really scratch the surface with Ron Paul's libertarian talk, it always comes down to him wanting justice, justice for the individual. And uh, so I care about that. And I've noticed that it's been under attack lately. I was just about to move on to part two of what I wanted to explain today. Part two being that uh, corporate America is being called upon to strip us of our First Amendment rights uh, because the government isn't allowed to. That call is coming from the left, and I can prove it. Uh, But the first part was that there's this multi-sided, pronged attack on on law and order, really, by uh, telling people not to call the cops when really actual crimes are taking place. I'm not a fan of calling the cops anyway. I, I was raised not to do that. People get into too much trouble that way. Hopefully you can have a conversation with your neighbor if you don't like his hedges or um, there, you know, we're not totally incompetent to make decisions like this. But when a real crime takes place and in my uh, my definition is don't touch me or my stuff. If someone's touching you or your stuff, you have a right to defend yourself. We have delegated that right to governments. Some of us, those who consent, not sure I consent because they abuse the right. But so you have them help you. Uh, And I've noticed like with the Starbucks thing, they launched this movement, which is catching steam in different regards. Never call the cops. And it's not never call the cops on somebody uh, for doing nothing, for doing a crime that isn't really violent. That's none of your business. um, That isn't going to hurt anybody. It's not that. It's real crime, like trespassing. <laughs> you know, that's a big crime, and that's the thing that they're focused on. Never call on trespassing. Trespassing is serious. You really don't want people in your space who can't behave. You need the right to get rid of them. And the way we have it set up, we set it up so that's what we want cops to help us with. Otherwise, you can do Texas style, which is somebody steps a foot on your land, you'll have to kill them. <laughs> you know, that's the truth. It's called the Castle Doctrine. But there could be a middle ground people are happier with. I wonder, I didn't call for this earlier, but Alicia, is it possible to play that real short clip number three to you? Oh, sorry. It's new clip number 13, if you have that handy. I Just a second. Um, this is, if you got it, this is the former police chief of Philadelphia after the original Starbucks incident 
reprimanding publicly the barista for calling the cops on these guys who, according to the police incident report, were cursing at her, refused to leave, refused to buy anything. And um, and they were even, uh, you know, they clearly weren't leaving when the cops were there and the, t- the cameras were rolling. They weren't cursing anymore. Uh, but, you know, you don't know the backstory here. But listen to what he says. This is clip 13. When is it appropriate to call the police? We're not private bodyguards or bouncers. I mean, if a person commits a crime, that's one thing. If they don't, then they should deal with it uh, some other way. I mean, are these people calling for us to all have private bodyguards and bouncers? In which case, they'd be out of a job because that's what we've we've decided to do it collectively. Uh, So I flagged immediately that was a crazy thing for a law enforcement officer to say, and it actually did launch a movement that you're going to see take flight. Um, But before... So another prong of this we talked about before the break is that George Soros is funding district attorney races around the country, focusing on rural areas so that he can influence them. They're called the safety and justice candidates. He can influence them to pull back on um, on asking for bail, on their um, sentencing recommendations. And in my mind, unless you specify for nonviolent people or people who are doing things that are merely prohibited and not inherently, um, you know, encroaching on other people's rights. If you're not specifying what you're talking about here, you're just blanket trying to uh, release people who may be guilty of violent crimes, you're going to have an increase in crime. So uh, I had mentioned that one of the safety and justice candidates, from what I could tell, was the Henry County DA, Darius Patillo, because I had read an article by Matt McCord, who was his opponent, Republican opponent, who dropped out saying this guy is Soros funded. And it's not even the funding that scares me. It's how dirty Soros candidates play. And uh But then I read another article that said the allegation by McCord that Darius was funded by Soros is absolutely false. Binkley did some quick research. What did you come up with? I found a workshop article written by Rachel Barkow, who was President Obama's uh, commissioner on U.S. sentencing that said that... Wait, wait, wait. George- what, where did... What, when was this written? This was written in May of 2018. So a month... This, not even a month ago. Yeah. Okay. And what does it say? It says that Soros supported the following candidates... As of November 2016, and Darius Patillo in Georgia is one of them. Okay. And the so, Wall Street Journal says the same thing. Okay. And um, didn't, uh, and what, what was, is that the article that had what his, like, what the platform he won on? Yes. That passage? Yeah. Yes. Tell me. His platform was, it says, in, in Henry County, Georgia, Darius Patillo won his election with goals of establishing a pretrial diversion program, a domestic violence crimes against children unit, and a community outreach program. And the idea is to keep people out of jail or what? What was the... It seems similar to the Promise program in Florida to me. Which is what? I forget. Where it's oh, like yeah, a promise right. of okay. not to call the cops if a child does something wrong. All right. So all of this stuff plays into the whole subjective judgment, giving a lot of power. Like they even said, the clip I played before the break, the guy says, you don't need to change the laws, just tell the DAs how to use their discretion. And that's highly subjective. And as I said, what you want from law 
is it should be written in advance. It should be vetted. It should, should go through the legislative process. It should be absolutely crystal clear, no question about it, and it should be applied evenly. That's what you're supposed to do. And doing it this way it makes it all very subjective. But I want to get this this workshop that was at uh, the University of Chicago. It it appears to me to be some sort of activism workshop for prison reform, and it says. The critical takeaway from successful reform elections is that they were often fueled by campaign donations by people interested in criminal justice reform. The most notable contributor has been liberal billionaire George Soros, who has in many ways, who has in many cases contributed millions to races that ordinarily seem seldom exceed five-figure fundraising. Yeah, there's a lot there. I... um... We are going to talk about prison reform. I've been waiting for years for the subject to come up because it is such a corrupt industry. Um, I know Trump is now consulting with Van Jones and Kim Kardashian, so I have a <laughs> feeling our our worries are over. <laughs> I think Any friend of Kanye's saying, is a friend of mine. <laughs> I think what she's saying is if you want to change it, then go get money from Soros, basically. Yes, but I I wish I believed in their criminal justice reform, but I don't. I believe that they're actually trying to pull the pendulum back, increase crime so that they can institute a totalitarian dictatorship with surveillance, militarization of police, nationalization of police, and most importantly, pre-crime. But that's just the cynic in me talking. (laughs) But I want to get back to the Soros funding thing because it's such an interesting example of fake news that I have here and propaganda and how they spin this stuff. So I have a thing. It's not very clearly... Um, cited here. It's from a, a site called Because We Care, Atlanta South. And it uh, doesn't have an author. I don't see an author here. And, and it just says one year ago. It's not crystal clear to me the actual date. But one year ago would be 2017, which is after um, that it was clear. I believe it was before that that um, it was pretty clear Soros was a funder, right? Wasn't there a 2016 date somewhere? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so this this article, I'll try to Skip around, but no, I'll just read it. It says, Henry County District Attorney's race between Democrat Darius Patillo and Republican Matt McCord took a negative turn this week with false rumors of outside money coming into Henry County for Democrat candidates. Completely false, period. (laughs) The Henry County Republican Party and Republican DA candidate Matt McCord for Henry County District Attorney both ran with the fabricated blog story that billionaire George Soros was spending money in Henry County races. A completely false story, period. Some followers of the Henry Republican page started to claim it was an AJC article when, in fact, it was a fictional blog. The Henry County Republican Party and Republican candidate Matt McCord, it would seem, owes Democrat candidate Darius Patillo for Henry County District Attorney an apology. This sounds like it's written by a robot, doesn't it? Yeah, a well, either bit. way, it's probably so- a robot. <laughs> Human robot. An apology for smearing candidate Patillo's name with these false accusations claiming outsized forces were trying to buy the district attorney's office in Henry County. Let me just interrupt here. If these are such serious allegations, smearing his name and everything, if they're true, does that mean this guy is bad? Or if they're true, it's like, well, we were wrong. It's not that bad. This is why they're normalizing George Soros, is so they don't have to lie about this anymore. Right. That's a good point. And they are. I'm running out of time before the break, but I want to finish. It says, this is from a blog without verifying the full story via campaign reports. Henry County, it appears this year our political races will be tight. And the level of discourse, it seems, will be at an all-time high. So they're criticizing these people for using a story from a fic- 
fictional blog. I don't even know what that means. The blog didn't exist. But who cares if the story is absolutely verifiably true, which I'm sure it was in the campaign finance things, or it wouldn't be all over everything else. Um, and actually, McCord said that he dropped out of the race because Soros candidates play dirty, not because they have extra money. Um, but it goes on and it says, if you cannot tell the difference in a blog between a blog and a legitimate article, should you be district attorney? <laughs> so they tell, I mean, should they continue to write articles when they completely have no idea how to verify information? Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, that just triggered me. Yeah, as it were. me too. <laughs> because it's outrageous. And this article was the last thing in my mind. I was like, maybe that guy wasn't funded by Soros. They should take it down at the very least. Anyway, um, we got lots more where this came from. And I really want to play the clips from the left calling for corporate intervention in our in our cumbersome free speech rights mm. right after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. That was phenomenal. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. And uh, and we have been talking about um, the this pullback on what I think is an, an intentional increase in crime by telling cops to be kinder and gentler, by telling DAs not to prosecute by um, telling people not to call the cops. And I feel like they're deliberately, George Soros is literally behind it, <laughs> that they're deliberately trying to increase crime because they are going to uh, want an excuse to crack down, to militarize, to nationalize the police, to institute pre-crime. And I got to remembering that I did a show like six years ago, uh, whenever the book warrior the rise of the warrior cop was published i did a show on it and people were starting to get mad about the militarization of the police and and there was some backlash about that there was some outcry about that and i remember getting numerous emails and other accolades for being way ahead of that of course i i wasn't way ahead of it the guy who wrote the book was way ahead of it but what happened right after that was or I should say what 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 took the place of that unifying us versus them moment was the meme of black versus blue so that don't call the cops because cops kill black people now I just told you about David Powell who was killed in Henry County white guy actually within a month on the same street another guy I think his name is Ryan Johnson was also killed right up there in Henry County now he was in a domestic violence thing it wasn't the wrong guy it was a crazy response that got him killed but David Powell was totally innocent and his wife who was the only non-cop witness was not allowed to testify at the grand jury so everybody walked away unindicted um these are the kind of things that would unify us but in a book I read, tried to read, it was too dense, but I skimmed The Ideology of Tyranny. It talks about how they use identity politics to divide us so that we cannot unify against the real encroachments on the rights that we all share and want to protect. So that's why uh, I try to be hyper aware of the real underlying issues. And I feel nine out of 10 times the identity issue is a diversion. I mean, Binkley, my producer's here. Am I, am I expressing what we were kind of toying with between the break? I just, I just remembered that the black versus blue thing replaced the outcry against militarization of police. Yeah, I think so. Makes sense. So uh, I feel like 
I feel like we're being bamboozled with what what's making the news right now instead of thinking, okay, we've got to use our heads, keep the laws uh, good and evenly uh, applied. That's what we should demand. We should think of true justice, true liberty, rights, protections. Always use that as your touchstone, especially this election year. Uh, we've got lots more to come. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6, joined by my trusty sidekick, Binkley. Hey, Binkley, how are you doing? I'm great. We're halfway through the show. I've been, there's just too much. I'm overwhelmed by the uh, epiphanies that these clips are, are the connections that I'm drawing from all these different events that, like, until yesterday, I kind of saw as separate, and now they're all coming together. All these, it's this idea of pulling back on policing in a bunch of different ways, on prosecution, on everything. I think it's to create a higher crime rate and calls for more um, policing of a of a type that's outside uh, what we've established as desirable for our rights as a balance. I think it's going to involve pre-crime, nationalizing the police, continuing to militarize the police, increase surveillance, of course, as if that's possible. I don't know. By the way, we were talking about Starbucks. Surely there are cameras inside Starbucks, right? Yeah. You've been in a lot of Starbucks. I've never seen one without cameras. And I just don't understand why we don't see the entirety of the guys who got arrested at Starbucks, their entire visit there, how long it was, if they looked at all aggressive because the incident report of the police said they were cursing at her. Maybe you don't hear audio. We probably do. Well, they don't want to invalidate the story. so Right, because, as we've seen with other similar stories that may not be validatable, it's not about the story being valid. It's about the point the story makes being valid. Yeah, truth does not matter. Right. I don't know if I want to well, name names. Well, for them it doesn't. Because I felt that, um, I don't want to say it's not true. I don't know if it's true or not. But Stacey Abrams, one of her key stories in her little cartoon, right, isn't her? Well, this is actually the, the backbone of her children's book, graphic novel. Is that she, as a valedictorian, was invited to the governor's mansion with other valedictorians, and they turned their nose up at her and her family because she was black which I find hard to believe because I'm assuming there were other black families there. But I don't know. And the people who, the aides, this was Zell Miller's um, administration, and he was sick, recently died. So he couldn't defend himself, but his top aides did and said, this was not the way we did business. I've talked to the people who were in charge that day. I never heard anything about this. And the response from her campaign was, let's not quibble about whether the story is strictly true Really? Something like that. Like, the point is the point. The point isn't the story. The point is the point. But that, to me, is is a big problem. It's a pet peeve of mine to say, I wish I had the quotes because I don't want to be misquoted. I don't want to mislead people. I encourage people to dig into this. Um, but if you're if you can't make your point with a real story, maybe your point is not valid. So like the Starbucks thing, they had 8,000 stores closed down and they told everybody what they don't know about race relations instead of saying, 
So, and it's all based on this one incident. But I'm saying this is a little bit of a squishy incident because the incident report indicates unacceptable behavior. Why don't they pick another of the many, 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 many incidences? So many, as a matter of fact, they closed down 8,000 stores to get people's mind right. Why don't they just pick one of those other ones? I don't know. Anyway, um, but in the... This happened on the same day that Roseanne made that uh, tweet about Valerie Jarrett, right? Yeah. Muslim Brotherhood. And I mean, I, I think, I don't know why for me, I don't know why. I'm For me, like the tweet that Shrosa said, which I'm not going to read it, um, is like as bad as it gets. Like that's the worst thing. I think that's awful. I hate what, maybe she didn't mean it. You know, maybe she, it was just a coincidence she used that. I just think it's awful. I can't imagine uh, but it happened on the same day that this Starbucks training was. And then immediately, like before the sun set, her show was canceled. Roseanne's show. That's what I'm, I want to focus on. And people rejoiced that she was put down. Now, what she did, she did. You could see it. It was on Twitter. Unlike, you know, people are like, it's obvious. I was talking to somebody a very active, politically active Democrat. And I said, look, the way Bill Cosby's Fifth Amendment and Sixth Amendment rights were trampled, he was basically tricked into making statements against his interests and denied a speedy trial and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that concerns me. And she said, well, in his case, though, he's so bad. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Um, but... Okay, he's so bad. She really did it. Matt Lauer didn't deny. R. Kelly, who got suppressed on Spotify, says, hey, man, charges were dropped. I didn't do anything wrong. No charges against me. How could you take away my livelihood? And they actually reinstated. They canceled their policy, Spotify, of suppressing people they subjectively judged to be bad. You know, maybe because of that. But the way it started, it looks to me like this. People are doing things that are obviously bad, bad for business. So... It is a legitimate business decision for ABC to cancel Roseanne because people won't like it. Nobody will advertise on the show. It's legitimate. But for me, this kind of stuff is just a way to open the door to uh, a deeper level of censorship, especially in an atmosphere where you're a Democrat or you're evil. Like, that's definitely the theme of 2018. You're a Democrat or you're evil. And they never explain what they mean. Like you pointed out, Binkley, like they just like after Parkland, the kids who are protesting guns or whatever, just called BS. So if you had valid stats, they would just call BS, right? Yeah. So when you, so they take these subjective standards and, uh, and even in the case of Roseanne, I guess it was Bob Iger, whoever's in charge of ABC and Disney, he said, uh, there was only one choice here. There was no real decision, and that choice was to do what was right. Mm-hmm. I would like, I wish this quote was do the right thing. Yeah. Because this all came from that, in my mind, the first time I saw this phenomenon of, like, subjective values being, like, the basis for uh, violent action was do the right thing by Spike Lee. And I was like, that's not the right thing. That wasn't the guy who killed his friend. 
that was a guy who sells him pizza. You know, like I just didn't get it. And and but the but the thing is, it's about your perspective. And since they demonize anyone who has a different perspective, you're in trouble because you either uh, people who are good people just get it. That's the that's the theme I'm hearing. Good people just get it. It's not. Well, let me explain to you the principle and how this principle applies in this situation. It's like if you don't understand that my decision was right, you just don't get it and you're hopeless. Yeah. And that mentality can create a ends justify the means type behavior. Yes, exactly. And it all goes with all the subjectivism, tell DAs to apply the laws under their own guts and have the Starbucks people just gut it out, even though they're all obviously subconsciously racist and couldn't possibly apply anything evenly anyway. Like, that's the paradox in that whole situation. Um, but what, I, what concerns me, the identity stuff to me is all just distraction and it's just being exploited. But there are underlying issues here. So the next step is going to be to suppress... If you object to the redistribution of wealth, they're going to say that's just wrong thinking, right? And then you're going to be denied access to the public forum. You're going to be denied access to the marketplace. And you're going to be starved out. And as stuff like UN Agenda 21 and other things like that start taking arable land offline, take it. I mean, a fundamental UN principle is that real property should not be owned by individuals. If you can't even grow your own potatoes, then then you absolutely are going to be beholden to the system for a job. And that's that's the end of freedom. So I want to play a couple of clips that demonstrate that I believe it's the left is calling for corporate America to censor people. Can you can you give me some backstory? I think I wanted to start with. Well, let's just do the quickie. It's uh it's number 23. Uh, it's Brian Stelter on CNN, Yes, right? CNN, Brian Stelter talking with Jake Yapper. <laughs> I love that because you just absolutely detest him. And now, thanks to you, I detest him also. <laughs> he's just so, he's always so disgusted. By everything. Yapper. He's just, ugh, can you believe it? Ugh, and then, like, when he talks about Roseanne's racist tweet rant, yeah. which, as you pointed out, was one phrase... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not even worth reading it to you. But or, I'm going to make sure I call her a racist and Trump supporters a racist a thousand times. I think some of that just happens to be in some of these clips because you can't avoid it. But that is not the purpose of my playing these clips. <laughs> All right. If you would not mind, Alicia, play uh, clip 23. We've never quite seen a network do this. Pull a show that was number one in the ratings because of off-air behavior by a star. But it speaks to how unacceptable her behavior was, how unacceptable these tweets were, and that ABC, owned by Disney, uh, wants to make a statement that corporate America will fill that moral leadership vacuum that many of us feel right now. Yay! Finally, a moral leader. Yay, corporate America. Who knew? Who knew the left was going to champion corporate America? Rock and roll. More war, corporate America, down with unions. You know what I mean? Like, it's just everything's... It's not that it's flipping. It's that it's converging. As it, as it feels like polarization is increasing, it's actually not. When you, when you base it all on identity, which is, has no political content, I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not even opining on that right now. But I'm saying 
it's just like the Mueller stuff and the North Korea stuff. When you watch the news, they never actually talk about the complicated history of our presence on the Korean Peninsula or our relationship with China or our, our um, you know, the history of who owned those, those properties and what maybe really is going on. You never talk about the policies, the policy potential. It's just about uh, personalities. Yeah. And, and this... Um, so our polarization comes from this identity thing. It's that ideology of tyranny. But the policies themselves, big governments, I mean, just take the $1.3 trillion budget that just passed. Had that happen, Trump said, oh, my gosh, my pen just signed it. Pfft, now I'm pissed. That's like almost virtually what he said. <laughs> I can't believe myself. I can't believe my pen. Who gave me this pen? You're uh, fired. I hate this pen. <laughs> exactly. So why? How does that happen? Because everybody's on the same page and they're not. That page is not the page that the first 10 amendments are written on. It's a totally different page. Uh, so I, I have some longer, more interesting clips that flesh this out that we'll get to after the break. Happy to take your calls. 800 WSB Talk. And I've really been neglecting Twitter. So tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. We'll get to a couple after the break. Monica Perez. I'm not interested in fantasies. I'm interested in Reality on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I'm your libertarian voice on WSB Saturday afternoons here with my producer Binkley, who I just have to credit him with finding all this gold on CNN and MSNBC and stuff. I just can't even listen to. I can barely listen to Fox, but I tend to every once in a while they throw a lie out there like free markets are good. And I think I mean, that's not a lie to me, but I don't think they care about that at all. Uh, But uh, I can tolerate it anyway. So uh, we're going to keep digging into that agenda, which to me, bizarrely, is corporate America needs to save America from free speech. Whatever. If you'll understand it, top of the hour, I'll get into that a little bit more. Binkley, you got something for me, a tweet, an opinion, anything you want. Yeah, you said something last segment about when they were called out on the Stacey Abrams story about going to the governor's mansion and getting rejected at first. Yeah, so so just in case people are just tuning in. So Stacey Abrams said she was uh, disrespected with her family at the governor's mansion when she went there as a valedictorian. And Zell Miller's staff said... Um, that doesn't sound right to them. They don't believe it, really. Uh, and then her campaign responded and said, well, it doesn't really matter if it's right. We, we're making a point here that is right. Well, that's the same reasoning that was used by people who defended the babies getting pulled out of the incubators and thrown on the hospital floor story that was used to get us into the Gulf War. Now, I don't know if everybody knows this. I, I, I didn't snapped to this uh, as quickly as other people, I think. There was a girl, a teenager, who cried in Congress, right? Or in some yeah. kind of... Congressional uh, testimony. Yes. And it absolutely turned the tide on people wanting to invade Iraq or, okay, the first Gulf War, maybe, I think it was. But it ends up, what was her real... Who was she really? She was the daughter of a Saudi ambassador, and the whole story had been written and made up by a PR firm for like 11 million bucks. And she was trained and yeah. rehearsed and learned how to cry and everything. It's really sick, yeah. sick stuff. And of course, if her story isn't true, then why are we going to war? However, once it's in their heads that the story is true, then they they seem to, 
people will paint a picture of it. Like Bill Cosby, right? We paint a picture, or they'll say the 15 people accused, or with Nasser, yeah. the coach, 100 people accused. And then you're like, oh, okay, so this is definitely true. And then you're like, well, the anchor story there is not true. I'm like, well, what difference does it make? Because 200 people, you know, it's like, yeah, but exactly. none of those were proven. Only this one was in evidence and it's, and it's false. You're saying people did say, why do you, what? Yeah, that you was that? the argument. They said, well, there who? were atrocities going on, even though that one was made up. So we were making a point. But who was saying that the administration or the media or citizens, in your opinion, like in your remembrance? From what I can remember, it was the... The Saudi, the Saudi uh, prince or the Right, the so it was advocates. Yeah. It was advocates yes. using that propaganda, even though it wasn't true. Which, I'll tell you the truth, my feeling is that you're going to see, you could see uh, example after example of that. And, and actually, it reminds me of the Manchurian Candidate, which I both read and saw. And, and the funny thing, the, the propaganda technique that's highlighted there, one of several, is that Angela Lansbury, I think she was the wife of the congressman or something, she, she holds up a piece of paper that doesn't say anything on it, and she says there's 55, 50 communists in the State Department. And then uh, somebody else stands up and says, she's a liar! There are only 30 communists in the State Department. She's a liar. Boo. You know, like someone from the opposing party. So in the end, the debate is how many communists are there in the State Department? But there were no communists in the State Well, I mean, I'm sure there's always communists in the State Department. But <laughs> <laughs> in this case, in this movie, in this fictional fantasy, there weren't. And, uh, and, that's, and that's like the classic framing of of uh of a question by saying okay well so there's one less than we thought you know it's these are propaganda techniques which is why it's great that we we uh went back and forth there with the soros funding henry county da uh, patio because there was a snopes type article coming out of atlanta that said this guy uh McCord should lose because he was spreading fake news and that itself was outrageous fake news and they didn't even really try to debunk that this guy was a Soros candidate they said it came from an unreliable source and I think Snopes actually does that they'll take something true and there are I think fake websites that <laughs> will will publish the same article with a little bit of a weird you know something debunkable in it Yeah, just a little easter egg for Snopes yeah. to find Anyway, now we're we're getting, but that's the truth. This is these are the nuances of propaganda, yeah. and uh, I'll give you more nuances of propaganda after the break. Eight hundred WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out: everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 